Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Harvey Norman, celebrating 18 years in Ireland with their 18th birthday sale. Big birthday savings across their massive range of appliances, technology, furniture and bedding. Anyway, uh, we are not going to spend the whole show talking about COVID. You'll be glad to know. And uh, indeed, in recent months, we've done everything we possibly can not to spend as much time talking about COVID. We have lots of variety and we'll have lots of variety across uh, the three hours. Um, but it is pushing up the agenda again, isn't it? And as I say, uh, Neffet had uh, that um, um, media conference last night, Dr. Tony Houlihan, the Chief Medical Officer. There are still risks that attach to both acquiring this virus and transmitting it and then also having the infection and potentially severe effects of this infection, even if those risks are substantially reduced. So what you can do to think about is your own personal risk assessment. What are the kinds of things I plan to do over the next week or over the next two weeks? Uh, um, if I'm involved in some activities, let's say if I am going to a nightclub, going out to a nightclub five or six nights of the week is going to carry a much, much greater risk than doing it once and then maybe uh, waiting for a period of time before doing other things. So it's like if, we, if we each individually try to manage our own individual risk and limit the extent to which we undertake, particularly the the higher risk activities, those that are likely to be associated with higher levels of, of, of either transmission or lower levels of, of the protective or mitigative measures uh, that prevent transmission. All right, there you go. That's Dr. Tony Holland, the Chief Medical Officer. Obviously, it was a, a long briefing yesterday evening. And, you know, it just shows, I mean, the Irish Independent headline, for example, saying confusion as parents warn to curb their children's activities. Um, and uh, we have had our own number cruncher of the COVID figures throughout the pandemic. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes he's been uncannily accurate in his predictions as to what may happen in the coming weeks. So it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say this morning. Uh, Ronan Madigan back uh, with us. Good morning, Ronan. Good morning, Joe. So what did you make of Neffet's briefing last night and where we are likely to go in the next few weeks? Um, slightly sobering, there was one particular quote from the CMO that I pulled from the briefing. He said, we don't want to be in a situation where we have to make recommendations that further measures are needed. That was one line he used yesterday which points that, you know, reintroduction of restrictions is still on the table. The other point I would make about the briefing is that at this stage with Nefes, it's turning into a little bit of a cop-out, turning it all back on the people. The institutions that are supposed to be managing this are not. And that is part of what has ended us up here at this stage. If you recall back in September, I criticised hugely the stripping back of the contact tracing and the testing in schools. And I said at the time that, you know, childcare would become an issue for parents keeping kids at home and that if it wasn't checked, eventually teachers would become scarce and full classes would be at home because there are no teachers. And that is now happening around the country. So, like, the, this narrative all along that kids can't get COVID kids can transmit COVID coming from Neffet, coming from Philip Nolan, sorry, was frankly rubbish. And the infection rates, for instance, from the... But, but was it not more that it's not that it couldn't transmit, but that it, when it did transmit, it would generally be very mild? But the problem, Joe, is the knock-on effect. If you look in the... And I have the, 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 the graph here in front of me. If you take the last seven days, the biggest rise in infection is in the five to 
12-year-olds, okay? The second high in, highest rise in infection is in the 35 to 44-year-olds, their parents. The third highest infection increase is in the 65 to 74 age group, their grandparents. And it's this knock-on effect, which is but, the problem. But the thing is, you know, the, the message consistently, and I think it largely remains the case, is it, the onward transmission is not happening in schools. It's happening outside of schools. That just simply is not the case, and the data does not back that up. If you so take why are they any, continuing to say it then? <laughs> there seems to be... They, number one, they don't want to put in the proper investment in schools, which is needed. Uh, proper ventilation, proper CO2 monitor. Remember, only one classroom in four has a CO2 monitor. I mean, how how ridiculous a situation But, but I don't know about you, Ronan, but I mean, I remember being in prefabs in primary school. And, you know, there are still years later, many schools where that remains the case. I mean, underinvestment in uh, sections of the education sector, a bit like some of the issues we have with the health sector, and we know this very well in Limerick, they go back decades. They're not just about the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, the message then yesterday from Ronan Bin was, oh, we'll only go trick-or-treating once, you know, and not twice and not three times. And Tony Hoolan, they'll just go to a nightclub once a week and not more often than that. It's because these things are not being done. If that contact tracing had been left there in September, we would be in a much different place now. And that has contributed hugely to the problem we have. The, the, the one thing is, I mean, the CMO said, and again, you know, you're, you're right about the personal responsibility message. Like we're getting it from the government. We're now getting it from NEFET. And there are people listening this morning who understandably would think to themselves, well, I've done everything that I humanly can here for 18 months. And also the doubt issue creeping in in people's minds where understandably they would have thought, well, they keep telling me that if I get vaccinated, you know, my life will return to whatever the new normal is. And thinking, is this the new normal now? Um, And for example, the CMO said at the briefing, hand washing social distancing, mask wearing and avoiding crowded places were all key things for all of us. And yet nightclubs are open again and we know full stadia are returning. Uh, For example, at the Aviva Stadium, people will come from all over the country for the Republic of Ireland um, Portugal game and for three big rugby internationals this month. And I think that is massively confusing the message and listeners. It is. It is confusing and and it is wrong. And I would say that straight out is right. And the main reason it's wrong is because we have not, and I mentioned this over two months ago, vaccine boosters. Look, Israel had a, a, a third wave, right? A very high third wave. They crushed that third wave with booster vaccination. They, the data is there. The, they were the early starters in vaccines. That's why we need to watch them. After six months, uh, the vaccine efficacy wanes to 50%. They boosted the, the whole population with vaccine and they brought it back up to 94.5%. They have that job done. We have people in Dublin sitting around tables, still scratching their heads, wondering, will we do boosters? We have over 1,800 healthcare workers out with COVID at the moment. We have vaccines about to go off in this country, Joe, next week. And we're sitting around scratching our heads. Will we do yeah. boosters or not? And, and the other part, Rona Madigan, I think that is an understandable reaction from parents 
to kids in creche and kids in school, particularly the unvaccinated, is, as you pointed out, lots of respiratory illnesses are now circulating again. You know, uh, the flu will soon hit us if it hasn't already. There's been a couple of cases around the country recorded so far. And there are other types of illnesses that are COVID-like. Then there's COVID itself. And it seems as though parents are making their own decisions in their own lives. I don't think it's covid I'm not going to uh, get my kid tested this time because I simply can't manage the home scenario. I can't manage the long period of isolation because society's reopening. Work has, you know, pressures that it didn't have at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, yes, and there, Joe, there is a broad view out there, and this is part of the problem, that... You know, what, what what was allowed to happen last week, the, the, the full extra reopening, should not have happened. And, and a lot of people felt, you know, we should have pulled back. And I have seen people pulling back. I've seen people wearing more masks and more social distancing. For instance, the living rip over in the UK, with new, a new survey the other day in the UK, say 80% of people in the UK want mask wearing to be reintroduced. The people are actually ahead of the government. But and why do you think, what is your view, and I know you've had a big interest in politics for a long time, as to why the government made the decision to reopen certain nighttime economy elements like nightclubs, um, with obviously telling people they have to still use the COVID vaccine cert uh, and suggestions that there was a higher level of compliance there, although what we were getting earlier in the week from uh, listeners certainly around Limerick City and County was some of the places they went into, not all, but some of the places they went into, they weren't asked for COVID certs at all. Why did the government make that call last week? Because, Joe, they, they folded to lobbying and sectoral interests like they've done many times before. Now, if you take it, and this is an interesting figure, and I think the likes of Donald O'Keefe from the mentors get a very easy ride on national media when it comes out. We have 8% of the population unvaccinated, okay? So we consider them non-compliant, right? As of the latest survey details, over 30% of the hospitality sector are non-compliant. So that's four times the amount of non-compliance in the hospitality sector, as there are unvaccinated people, and they seem to so get. You, you a, mean, sorry, with the COVID rules? Yes, yes, um, and you know, you you had the, the, the representatives of restaurants and 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 pubs, you know, shouting on the television last week that the government were treating them disgracefully, that they weren't giving them the new guidelines. Listen, they're not even implementing the current guidelines. And that is a huge problem. But, but I mean, surely, surely the government, um, you know, like. The whole point here is that you know, we, we have a system where you have TDs um, circulating in their communities around the country and feeding back information to the government. You know, in many ways, it's one of the glories of our democracy. So was the government not aware of what was going on on the ground? Well, and funny, as you would know, with the electoral system in this country, you know, an awful lot of those clinics held by TDs are actually held in local pubs. And that is a strong connection between TDs and publicans. And that, I'm afraid, is part of the problem. Like, the, 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 the non-compliance there is a huge issue. And yes, you know, we're pressing the accelerator instead of the brake. It's madness. Okay, so do you believe then that this is where we will be for the winter? That, you know, the CMO and co will not recommend restrictions or if they do, the government will say, no, we're going to stick with this course and it's up to the people um, to behave themselves in the minds of our leaders. It's a matter of when, not if. 
so a couple of points on that. There's a narrative of going around that Europe is doing way better than us. Uh, they're, they're actually not. Uh, Belgium are, are heading for more restrictions. The, the Netherlands, now Belgium opened up three weeks ago, right? And their cases have trebled in the last three weeks. The Netherlands, their caseload has doubled in the last week. They are looking at reintroducing restrictions. So it, it will have to be dealt with something. The other major problem is... So can I just ask, so you, it's your view that what, mid-November time, we are going to have to go backwards, maybe not to a full lockdown, but back to some form of restriction? Yes, and a point that's been totally missed in all of this, back last January when we had the very bad peak, okay, we had hospitalisation ICU, ICU was 10% of the hospitalisation rate, right? Right now, ICU is 20% of the hospitalisation rate. And that's a point that's being missed. So basically, we are halfway to the January peak in ICU already. And if you take it at the moment, from just from a week ago, hospitalization went up 8.4% in the last week, but ICU went up 17.4%. So I, ICU is growing at twice the rate of hospitalizations currently. Okay. Well, Jess is saying to me, Joe, would you like to be in the government right now? No, I didn't think so, said Jess. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Um, I wouldn't like to be in the government right now. That's why I don't get paid the big bucks to be in charge of these things. Um, and Ger wants to know, here's an interesting one. What happens if there's an emergency in the region, like a major incident, and the hospital and vital equipment are needed from the likes of ICU? We, we don't have it, Joe. As of last night, there were 49 patients in UHL with COVID and nine in ICU. Uh, the, the, that hospital is under tremendous pressure and has been for weeks. Yes, God forbid there's a major accident, you know, a, a, a bus crash or, you know, uh, sadly a fire or an explosion at an industrial plant will tip us over the edge. The trouble is, currently in this country, and it's ICU beds, only 2.5% of our bed stock is ICU beds. We've only 40% the OECD average. Mm. That, that is the problem. And, and just in case you think that you're escaping from criticism this morning from our listeners, um, Rachel says, I don't want to hear that guy on the radio right now because he never has anything good to say. Dooms predictions. I'm going trick-or-treating with my two boys this weekend, and we're making up for last year and the disaster that it was because of COVID. Tell Joe, move on, man. Well, if I could make one point on that, Joe, uh, and it's funny that, you know, well, it's not funny, 12 months on, we're kind of back to where we were. We spoke on November 30th of last year, just as we were about to open up on the 1st of December. And I know you were quite irate with me when I said that we would be back up to a thousand cases by Christmas Day and we would be shut before New Year. That's what I said on the 30th of November last year. Christmas Eve, we hit a thousand cases and the shutters came down. If you recall, I said to, 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 to publicans and restaurants, do not be putting in food orders for New Year because it's very unlikely that we'll be, be open. Unfortunately, it's because I look at the data in other countries around the world that are at different stages in this. Sometimes I can see a little bit ahead of the Corfat right. Well, I accept all of that, except that I was irate <laughs> with you. I don't believe that for a second, Roland. That doesn't sound like me. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much. As I say, you have been bang on and you've been predicting things well in advance, much to the annoyance sometimes we can see of uh, listeners and maybe others as well. Uh, but uh, thanks, Emil, and we'll chat to you again soon. Appreciate your time. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Harvey Norman, celebrating 18 years in Ireland with their 18th birthday sale. Big birthday savings across their massive range of appliances, technology, furniture and bedding.